when you're a mobster, but also a pizza taco, al calzone. <laughs> when you're a mobster, but also an extraterrestrial, al phone home. <laughs> when you're a mobster, but you're lying down, al is prone. <laughs> when you're a lonely mobster, al is alone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when you're a mobster but you do a lot of cocaine, Al is stoned. <laughs> when you're a mobster but you need some money, Al gets a loan. <laughs> the other one I have, I didn't create a setup for, but just uh, Al Carphone. Hello, everybody. This podcast is Lava. My name is James Font. To my left, Sam Shoemaker. In front of me, Silas Whitlock. And to my right, He's not important right now because he's not going to talk. But he was the jokester at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, okay, hey, okay. So Josiah made those po- those what? Josiah made those jokes up, and he is very talented in that particular department. Did you seriously make those up? I don't believe you. <laughs> his face says yes, but his mind says no. It's the other no, way around. His face sa- yeah, no, it's the exact opposite of that, Sam. This episode is sponsored by Custom Edge Tech Solutions out of Archibald, Ohio. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to ask them about any technology questions you may have. Thank you so much, Custom Edge Tech. Today's topic or person of interest is Al Capone, famous gangster. Yeah, so we're talking about the famous gangster, Alphonse Gabriel Capone, otherwise known as Scarface. Scarface. Say hello to my little friend. (laughs) That was him doing doing crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the Scarface movie. I've never seen it either. I just I think there's a lot of cocaine in it. Yeah, I also don't think it's it's loosely based off of Capone. Very loosely, right? I think the most, and this isn't even fully accurate, but the most accurate that I've watched was The Untouchables. Mm. Um, it's a it's a drama movie that's focused around the. It's focused around the police officers yeah, who eventually the Untouchables. Yeah, they eventually brought him down with the. Uh, well, we'll get to that. They eventually brought him down. Eventually, with the or, or not eventually. Maybe he's still alive. Listen yeah. on to find out more. He was born on January seventeenth of the year eighteen ninety nine. Interestingly enough, he was the first of the Capone family to be born in America after they immigrated from Italy in the year 1894. He would eventually go on to become one of the world's, or maybe just America's, I don't know. He would go on to become one of the most famous gangsters and mob bosses of the Prohibition era. Actually, the world. He's world-renowned. Like, if you say Chicago in most places, people are like, oh, Al Capone. You do realize that he operated in Chicago, right? Yeah, that was the point. So, like, if you go somewhere else, you go... Not to Chicago, but you go somewhere oh, else. Oh, I thought you said... If you say Chicago, if you go somewhere else you, and say something like, totally yeah, heard, I'm from Chicago, they go, oh, it's like, do you know anything about Capone? I totally heard that as... If you go to, Chinese, if you go to Chicago you go and to you say Ch- something about Capone, they'd be like, yeah, Capone. No, if, you go to <laughs> Chi- if you go to Chinese, I mean China, <laughs> oh, no. and you go, if you, and you go, you know Chicago? And they go, oh. If you go to the... Oh, co- you know Al Capone? If you go to the country, Capone? Capone. if you go to the country of Chicago, <laughs> the they might know about Capone, <laughs> because he was named after the country of Chicago. The Capone family grew up in Brooklyn, where his father was actually a barber. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm cutting hair here. What you doing? Hey, this is Brooklyn. And they were actually a very 
you wouldn't have thought that their children would grow up and be crime involved in crime. They were very nice people, yeah, and they yeah. were they were very yeah. upheld in the community. And I believe they were very devout Catholics as well. Yeah, his mother was a Christian till the end, or like a very devout religious woman. Yeah, devout the Catholic to the end. And uh, fun fact: Brooklyn is actually the home of uh, Miles Morales, the Spider Man. Yep. Yes, that's that's, very, that's actually very that's, true. That's a really accurate historical. Yep, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Highly recommended movie. It's rated, I think, PG. Is that no. one of our sponsors? I think they're sponsoring. Yeah, us yeah. Marvel is sponsoring us now. Woo! Yeah, we're, we're really gonna, big. We're gonna get sued now. Dang it! We said Marvel. <laughs> I marvel this at UK, this story. <laughs> oh yeah. I marvel at the story of this. This is amazing. This wow. is drunk on ginger beer. What goes into that though is that Al Capone was a really good student starting out. But the problem was he seemed to be incapable of keeping to the strict rules of his Catholic school. Now, that all... Like getting down on your knees. Haha. <laughs> well, this, was, this would have been run by nuns. Um, yeah, getting down on your knees. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> nuns don't run, so... Yeah, they, yeah that's actually accurate. <laughs> What's not surprising is that he was expelled at the age of 14 for hitting a teacher in the face. I've done that. Not nice. I was homeschooled. Don't hit a woman or a man. Don't hit anyone. It's bad. I don't know. Growing up in that time, though, like I think I probably would have wanted to punch one of the nuns in the face, just saying. And you know, and I'm a nice guy. Back then, though, there wasn't any regulations against how mean you could be as a teacher. Now it's like, if you raise your voice at the kids, you're bad. You're fired. But then it was like, yeah, you want to beat the kids with is the wooden... Wouldn't Is he stick? able to walk home? He's fine. Can he limp home with seven splinters up his butt? Oh, he's fine. Just like that's a weird spanking. The thing. government actually watched all those yeah. schools to find out like how the, the the torture techniques. So Capone drops out of school basically from that point, point. and him. to set the scene of New York at this time, this is a era of a lot of immigration to America, and New York is really the hub of that. Now. The Italians, like Capone, Capone was Italian, obviously. Um, the Italians were the most recent immigrant into New York. The previous, like, bottom of the totem pole were the Irish. And so the Irish and the Italians did not get along at all. So there's a lot of Irish gangs. A lot of, well. But wait. If the Irish were the bottom of the totem pole, and that you say the Italians were on top? No, the Italians were on the very bottom. Oh, the okay. Italians came in and they were the low of the community. Yeah, but no if, one at the bottom them. of the totem pole. Aren't they really like the structure for all of society that way, holding everyone else up? It's <laughs> just face palms. <laughs> Absolutely not. People, people. Asterisk, I'm hearing everything palm, in reverse asterisk. today. Apparently. <laughs> That's absolutely not true, though, because people at that time That's not true. <laughs> thought <laughs> thought the Italians were lazy bums who didn't really do anything and weren't trustworthy at all. I mean, those, I don't blame them after damn, eating all those, that pasta. Those dang immigrants coming in, being lazy, taking all of our health care. Oh, yeah, yeah but man, good. I really love their spaghetti. You know, they got the best spaghetti. <laughs> who stole my spaghetti? Oh, no, who stole my spaghetti? It's, nope, it's a dead meme, but you did it right. <laughs> we brought it back up. We are going to revive this meme. Mm. Wrongly. Somebody touching my spaghetti, but you know. Can I just, Someone touching my spaghetti. Can I just say the Tom and Jerry meme is like the best thing ever? It is the best thing ever. I've never seen a meme that's made me laugh more than that one has. 
consistently. Yeah. Which one? When the fan, when you turn off the fan because it's cold, everyone else in the helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) That's kind of the sound that I put with that. (laughs) 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 Anyways, so there's a lot of Irish gangs that are pre-established. They've come over before the Italians and all the other immigrants, and they. A lot of times when people came over, they would all settle in the same general area. You know, there were families and then there were cousins and everything and, they, and friends, and they would all live in the same district of New York or whatever city they were in. So the Italians and the Irish were really butting heads at this time. There was a lot of turf wars that went on, and it would be very easy for someone like Capone, dropping out of school to get involved in this. Now, initially, when he drops out of school, he picked up odd jobs at local candy stores and a bowling alley in Brooklyn. But he soon wound up in these street gangs of New York. Did you know that one of his first interactions as, like, the gang leader for, like, the kids' gang that he was a part of? Some old lady, actually, her purse was stolen from her. And he he got together local kids and... They went after the kids that stole the purse from her. Oh, yeah. They stole the purse back and beat the crap out of those kids. And brought, yeah. So, like, his first, like, job as, like, a gang leader was actually kind of noble, other than, like, it being under the law and, like, beating the crap out of other right, kids. Right, right. But, like, the moral of the story is kind of nice, you know? So Al Capone was Batman? But it a showed, soft spot for old ladies. And it shows early on his... I guess affluence to really touching the hearts of the community. Yes. He wanted to be viewed as the good guy. Right. While still being the bad guy and the top dog. Which he did some crazy stuff to to get his reputation of being the top dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is well-deserved to be one of the most well-known mobsters. Like, there's a reason why everyone knows Al Capone. When, sure. when you say that name, everyone knows who you're talking about. And he actually had a name that made sense, unlike last time, or last episode, Lester, also known as George, also known as Babyface. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the 1920s. People were just making all kinds of stuff So up. my name is Steve. I want to be called Frederick now. Uh, perfect. Perfect. Throughout his early years, Capone was actually involved with a lot of smaller gangs, such as the Junior 40 Thieves the Bowery Boys, the Brooklyn Rippers, and eventually the Five Points Gang. The Brooklyn Rippers. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. I know, right? That's I think that's cool. cooler than the Five Points Gang, but if you've ever watched the movie uh, Gangs of New York, it loosely tells the story of kind of the origin of the Five Points Gang, or at least it kind of involves the Five Points. Um, I guess, I'm sorry. It's not really the origin of the Five Points Gang, but it involves gangs in the early 1900s fighting over the five points area because that was always an area for immigrants and they were always fighting for control and if you get that area you get five points right exactly that's what i thought right all the other areas they always had five points all the other areas were worth two points that was worth five points holy crap let's go get that area exactly i want to win i don't even know what game it is i want to win it the interesting thing about the five points gang though was that it was primarily irish or irish american oh but, you know, you always need those underlings, and if you get some, someone like Capone who just seems to know his way around the streets, yeah. is good with people, you'd bring him in. Yeah. So they brought him into their gang, and it worked out really well for him, it would seem. He met a lot of gangsters that would eventually tie into his, his 
moving through the ranks of other gangs, bigger gangs, like in Chicago. Chicago. Now, kind of, I don't know if this is exactly a jump forward, but in 1917, Capone found employment with a man named Frankie Yale. He'll come into story a lot, actually. The owner... Remember, write that down on your sheet. Exactly. Frankie Yale. Frankie Yale. The irony is Frankie Yale owned a cheap dance hall slash brothel that was also a saloon. You go there, you get your booze, you get your girls, you leave happily for very little money, and it's probably very sleazy. Most likely. This place was called the Harvard Inn. That doesn't make any sense. His name is Yale. Exactly. Harvard, Yale. <laughs> Good. That's the joke. That's, Did you understand, that, audience? That's the Leave joke. Leave a comment down below. <laughs> Give me a uh, a solid ye, and, and I cannot stress this enough, ha, and down in you, the comments. <laughs> and if you're listening to this in your car, just leave a post-it note with your, your, your comment on your radio. And we'll see it. And we'll see it, because we know. This was yeah. located, this, this whole joint was located on the Coney Islands boardwalk, or just off the Coney Islands boardwalk. Now, Frankie was a racketeer, and for those who don't know, a racketeer is someone just that has shady, underhanded business dealings. Ooh. <laughs> my hands, they're so shady. They're so shady. Underhand, my underhands are so shady. Ooh. So Yale, with all of his undershady deals, undershady deals, I don't know what that even means, his underhanded deals, his racketeering, he was mentoring Capone this whole time, teaching him the ins and outs, and I'm sure getting him in contact with all of his contacts in the city and the people that were, you know, underhanded. <laughs> the underhand of... <laughs> the oh. underhand of New York. I don't like that. <laughs> Sam's underhand is very, very it's sexual. A, it's Italian. <laughs> I mean, it's Italian. Anyway. Yeah. So he stayed there for about a year. And then in 1918, he was working one night. And he, for clarification, he was working as a bartender slash bouncer. He kind of played two roles there. And one night, Frank Galuccio comes in with his sister, Lena, and his uh, date, Maria Tanzio. Capone notices that Lena is very easy on the eyes, and he starts checking her out the whole evening. He's, What's that supposed to mean? He thinks she's hot. Oh, wow. Yeah. He thinks she's... He's, so would you say that she's almost easy on the eyes? Yeah. Okay. I, I would say that she was... Unlike Bertha, who was very, <laughs> very hard on the eyes. <laughs> Unlike his, his co-worker, Bertha, the other bartender. <laughs> who had three... Not one, not What two. do you want to drink? <laughs> not, I can not, spit in this cup and you can drink that. Not one, but three moles on her nose. Uh, let me get my mustache hairs out of that drink there for you. Sorry. I Sorry. drink enough that it just tastes like it. <laughs> yeah, so... So... This chick was a step above that. Yeah, you might say that she was... <laughs> a solid e half step. You might even say that she was easy on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Sorry, guys. Uh, so throughout the night, Capone is making advances to her. He tries to slip in and, and smoothly greet her with a fine, hello, how are you doing? And you good, how are you? she kind of brushes him off. Like this. Just whoosh, whoosh. shake it off. Okay, Taylor's bad. She's trying to avoid him the whole night while her brother is getting totally hammered. Complete. That's what I do with my sister. I'm like, hey, you want to go to a bar while I get hammered and this guy hits on you? 
with his date. You know, he's with a date and he's getting. Hey, you want to come with me and my date and hang out and there's a third wheel weirdly, and then while I get hammered and both of you get hit on. <laughs> yeah, that's basically the, the that's how it went down. Uh, uh, women are property because it's a nineteen, it's early nineteen hundreds. Yep, that's how it worked, I guess. Now Lena's getting really annoyed at this point because he will just not back off. He's but, like, "Hey, Dollface, how's it going? Hey, 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 hey I'm Italian. A- hey." That's just that's him old. He's like, "Hey, you want to see my spaghetti?" He's less than twenty at this point. He's like probably seventeen or eighteen. Well, he, yeah, he would be eighteen, nine. Mm. Um, got some ravioli. Nineteen, eighteen. He was born in eighteen ninety nine, so he's nineteen. Yep. Trying to do the math real fast on the run. Now, finally. Motivated partially by spite and partially by cockiness, Capone leans over to her and says, now this is loudly, actually this would be loudly enough for the rest of the people at the table to hear. He's not being... And they were also looking at him because of the language he used. Mm-hmm. He leans over to her and he says, you got a nice ass, honey, and I mean that as a compliment, believe me. That is not only repulsive, but it's also a huge insult to an Italian family. That's the big, that's the big kerfuffle that goes on here because kerfuffle. yeah, exactly. <laughs> kerfuffle. Because Galuccio is also Italian and in Italy, in the Italian families, uh, honor and family are two of the biggest uh, traditions, I guess that they hold to. Mm-hmm. So by him saying that to his sister in front of him, that is a direct insult on her honor. Yeah. And he, you know, he was also an insult on him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole family, yeah. and he's drunk, so that kind of compounds it. Yeah, there's a couple different. Hey, don't say it, my. Don't say that, my sister. Oh, shing! He's got an axe. That's not an axe. Oh, sorry. No, look out, honey. He's got a. He's got a knife. What? What? No, I don't. I don't have a knife. But there's actually a couple different stories that were. That have come out about this. Some say that Galuccio approached him peacefully, trying to be like, "Hey, bro, not cool." Others say that as they talk in the nineteen exactly exactly. Uh, and some say that Capone threw the first punch. Some say that Galuccio just lunged at him. Differing stories, but needless to say, a fight does break out, and Galuccio pulls out his pocket knife and ends up cutting Capone across the left face or left cheek, I guess, of his of his face. I didn't want to say left cheek because that could be taken as his face or his other cheek. And he had an extra butt crack, in other words, <laughs> but on his face. Um, and so he is left permanently scarred from this interaction, which is where his nickname Scarface comes from. Which he hated. He hated it. Because yep. it was it was a really low time and his he really regretted doing it. Yeah. It was it was a stupid mistake. So if he's getting known for that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's a little scarface. So that's, why, that's why like any of his prof- or most of his professional photos that he took, he actually requested specially to have pictures taken from the right side of his face. Yep. And, and he used and powder or he, to yeah. cover up yeah. the, the scar. Yeah, or like kind of like a, a three quarters look, so he's you know he's got yeah. most of his face, but but that but side of his face that, is pretty much covered. Yep. Yeah. He actually did have a nickname that he preferred over that. It was uh Snorky. Yep, Snorky. because Snorky back Snorky. in that Snorky back in that day was like above. Yeah, you're like, like you're above her. You're like well, sharply like, dressed. Yeah, uh, kind of like you know. You you posh. enjoy the fine. Yeah, you're posh. Yeah, you're bougie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For all of our hipsters nowadays, you're bougie. 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 Also, later on, and this would be this would be later in the podcast that he would actually be known as this, but he was later called Big Al. That was another. Really? That was another one that he was hey, okay you with. Guys. 
face. <laughs> That's <laughs> Did you know also? <laughs> That's the Goonies. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you know later, though, that he actually would lie about his scars? Yeah, yeah it is. It's not the Goonies. Oh, no. Yes, hey, you guys, is from the Goonies. They're interrupting me again. Don't don't fight me on this, people. I will win. You guys are thinking, hey, hey, hey. It is, it is from the Goonies. Albert. That's Fat Albert. You are correct. I only watched I part of the Hey, you guys. This is the guy that has the messed up face from the Goonies. No, Hey, you guys is from the electric company on PBS, you hey, dorks. He is Stop not it. wrong. You believes. Right. Sam had Amish TV, just like me. Well, I was too snorky ah, for that. And <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we had Dish. It went out when the clouds came. <laughs> <laughs> You're... Only partially right, because sometimes it worked <laughs> when it was cloudy. There were times, though. This is getting back to Al Capone now. We're just reeling it back into Al Capone. He would lie about the scars when asked, and he would say that they were war wounds. Yes. Even though he didn't even go to the war. One time I was in a war in the trenches, you know, and this barbed wire came ripping through the through the trenches and <laughs> ripped it my face off. It came through on a freaking tank tractor thing? Yeah. It just ripped my face off. And it had bullets that were whizzing past my head. It had a gun. Th- those also had barbed wire. Yep. <laughs> barbed wire bullets. <laughs> Darn Germans. <laughs> those dang Germans with their barbed wire brass Guys, knuckles. you were saying it wrong. It is them darn Nazis. Oh, wait, that's in a couple of years. The yeah. different war. Give it a few years. I understood. I know. It was the joke. That's the whole point of me ruining it. Okay. That same year, 1918, on December 30th, Capone married May Josephine Coughlin, who had actually just given birth to their first son, Albert Francis, also known as Sonny Capone, earlier that month. And because Al Capone was under the age of 21, his parents actually had to sign off on his marriage. Interesting. I didn't know that was a thing back then. Yeah, really weird. I think it was because... You could drink at 15, but you couldn't get married unless you were 27. I think it was because they were associated with the Catholic Church. That makes sense. There may have been some rules there. And if you think about it, back then, the kids were heavily... like. The, the families were heavily dependent upon the kids like helping out with businesses and whatnot. So, right, like, right. They couldn't necessarily mar- have them get married off at a young age because like abuse of fathers and whatnot. The kids would want to leave early, and so technically speaking, that you'd have like it makes it makes sense based on the conditions. I'm not saying it's right, but it makes sense. Yeah, and on all accounts from the family and their children, they actually had a very happy marriage together. Despite all of the gang involvement that would come in later years, they were happy together, which is. Nice. Even though That's he was true. a serial cheater. Yes, he was. Constantly. We, Always. We don't have to talk about that, but yes. Which we'll, it comes into his death, actually. It does. We'll get to that, because that's in this, uh, this part of the Capone series that we're doing. Now, at the age of 20, so just after this, really, he was contacted by an old colleague from his involvement in one of the New York City uh, street gangs, Johnny Torrio. And Johnny was affiliated with a g- crime boss, James Big Jim Colosimo. Colosimo? Colosimo. I don't know. He's got Steve. a... Calisimoso. We're just going to call him Big Jim. He's associated with Big Jim out in Chicago. So Capone packs up from New York, moves to Chicago. And there, again, he took up work as a bouncer. This time, it was at a brothel. And getting to that little point about him being unfaithful, plot twist, this is where he picks up syphilis. Oh, no. It's cause, is it because he tested the merchandise? He, the he also wasn't just a bouncer. He also was like, he'd say, hey, we have some, we have a good, he was a, like, what? Is he? A salesman? 
I guess salesman would be what it is, but he's standing on the street like he just chucks this dude out for being weird or whatever. Because you can be ultra weird in a brothel. Chucks this guy out of the brothel and is like, oh, by the way, we got some hot ladies in here, guys. He was essentially the neon signs before they were He was the red light before red lights existed. Yep. What? Well, actually, no. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) They had electricity. Wasn't the first red light in Cincinnati in like 1816 or something like, like that? Hey. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, no, definitely not 1816. What am I saying? Don't listen to me. That's not factual. <laughs> so back in 1776, they actually all of the Indians just George gave Washington us this land. The first <laughs> rocket ship. So, Hear me out. Elon Musk got with them. Okay, it lands, man. It's cool. So as we all know about the aliens building the pyramids... Did you know hey, hey, about hey, the whales? Did you know about the whales invading Texas? Well, yeah, they used their jetpacks. Oh, you did hear about this story. Yeah, it's crazy. I thought they had rockets. Luckily, they were defended by the midgets with lasers. They fended the whales off of Texas, and God the world was the saved that day. During that time, syphilis was treatable, but for some reason, Capone never sought out treatment. He was scared of needles, and that was their. Was that really? Yeah, I never that's heard it. that. He. So he could have been cured, and he could have not died, but that's, he was scared of needles. That, that is one really thing dumb. That that's, that's what he, yeah, that's, he let that phobia get to him. Which I mean, if you're scared yeah. of something, you're scared of something. But and I don't medicine, think I've ever been medicine back then was bad. probably a little bit janky too. Yeah, you know? I mean, you probably had to go some to some guy with like a plague mask or something like that. Right, like, right. Well, or they're like checking your heart. Be like, does like a line and coke. Be like, oh, you got ghosts in your blood. You better do crack. <laughs> We're going to bleed you with some leeches and then... Here, let me... This is a peach. Puts it on your forehead and then dips you in salt water. You're cured. <laughs> uh, this is the early 1900s. <laughs> we know hospitals. I say that as like every soccer mom nowadays. Like, you got a headache? Look, 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 look. This is some essential oil that'll help with that. <laughs> Doing like a chit. It fixes everything. You got cancer? Not anymore. <laughs> Put Again. some Metaluca oil on Again. it. <laughs> I went in my backyard, juiced my grass. It cured my jockstrap. It feels so much better right now. One second. Praise our Lord and Savior, coconut oil. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's antibacterial, and it can be used as toothpaste. <laughs> and deodorant, and it is so good to cook with. Let me tell you, I, I made- lost 86 pounds because I don't eat my food. <laughs> I just it ruins eat, everything. I just eat coconut oil. Do you like pizza? Let me tell you about coconut oil pizza. You take the coconut oil, right? You float pepperoni slices on it. You take the pepperoni slices off and then you eat the coconut oil. (laughs) (laughs) It tastes so much like like pizza, you wouldn't believe it. Now let me sing a chant over it. (laughs) Back to Torrio. He was a mob boss for a mostly Italian-American gang and he brought Capone along to become his right-hand man. Not left-hand man, because those guys are bad. Exactly. Just the right-hand man. Mm-hmm. If you run out of toilet paper, stuck with the left hand. Don't want to be the left-hand man. An, an interesting tidbit about Torio, though, and this this ties in, he preferred settling disputes, usually like the, like the turf disputes and the land disputes. Um, he preferred to settle them without violence. So he would try to negotiate with the gang leaders and find a peaceful resolution. It was around this time that a small gang called the Northside Gang got into a dispute over casino debts with the Genna brothers. Now, as I understand it, 
The Ganna brothers are affiliated with Torio, and the Northside gang is not affiliated with him. He makes a very strange call here, where instead of arranging the peaceful negotiations between the Ganna brothers and the Northside gang, he instead orders, or is associated with ordering, there's no confirmation that he directly ordered it, but he at least allowed it to occur. There was a hit put out on the Northside gang leader's leader. So this guy, so I don't, and this is the issue, is I, I listened to it while I was working, so I don't exactly remember the, the context leading up to it, but this guy, I think it was like a business transaction or whatever. He wanted, Al Capone really wanted to set his reputation up. Was this when he was a mob boss, though, or was this before? No, I think this was before. This was before? He really wanted to set up his, his reputation in one of the ways that people started to fear him more is they heard about a story that's actually true. He walks into this bar. And there's a guy sitting on the on a stool, and I don't remember his affiliation with the guy or whatever. But he goes up to the guy. I think he shakes his hand, pulls out his his pistol, sticks it up to the guy's chin, and fires six rounds into his head. And like, oh my god! And he starts. The guy starts to fall over. He props him back up and unloads the magazine into the guy's head, and then pushes him over, and then walks out as he like straightens his tie and stuff. And like that news spread like wild. Oh, that totally. That's like the gangster. Yeah. That's so, the gangster that was, mo. And, yeah, and so like that was one way that people really started to fear Al Capone and like started to respect him a lot. Like, I would be realize, terrified. Oh, don't mess with this guy because he's serious. Oh, dude, that's such a movie moment too. I would actually. Yeah, when that, I heard yeah. it, I was like scared and in awe. Right, I was and like. I, Holy crap, that guy's... I'd want to see that happen. Like, I'd want to take a time machine back there and watch it happen, but I'd also not Not want to see that. You'd want to take a time machine then back to before you took a time machine back then. And not... And unsee it. Yes. Don't do it. It's so bad, but it's so cool. (laughs) Just to see... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Crazy stuff. So that's a great story. Um, I don't know exactly where that ties in with the timeline, but... This one is a little different. This is more in terms of how this story is more in regards to Capone's rise to mob boss in Chicago. But that is an important tie in, I think, in that he's setting up his reputation this whole time. It's not just an overnight thing where, bam, he's the mob boss. This whole time as Torrio's right hand man, he is setting himself up to eventually be the mob boss. Yeah. Which is great. That's that is his like we talked about where he's that young kid in the streets and he's setting up a reputation where if you're good to him or you're, you know, somebody that he likes, he'll set you up really good. He'll be your best friend. He will yeah. give you money and everything you need to mm-hmm. make sure that you are successful. And if you get on his bad side, he will shoot you six times in the head <laughs> Yeah, in a bar. Yep. So in this dispute, Torrio ends up making a weird choice and settling with the Gana brothers, but also, this whole time, I should clarify, this whole time, the Northside gang leader, O'Banion, was expecting Torrio to step in and make some sort of peaceful resolution. He was used to Torrio's method of handling these set sorts of things. Instead, a hit is put out on him, and it is a very cold-hearted hit. There was a, another gang member who ends up dying, and Frankie Yale visits the flower shop that O'Banion owns under the pretense of buying flower arrangements for this funeral. He does this several times, kind of like, oh, you know, I need these flowers, whatever. And the whole time he is casing the joint. He's not really interested in the flowers. He's going in, memorizing the layout of the entire flower shop. Then 
On the morning of November 10th, 1924, Yale entered the shop while O'Banion was in the back clipping some flowers. He came in with two gunmen. Although, of course, classic trench coat fedora, you can't see the guns. They're, he just comes in with two henchmen. He goes in to greet O'Banion, and then they go to shake hands. He goes to greet O'Banion and goes in for a handshake. He grips tight and does not let go. The two gunmen flank O'Banion, come to either side, shoot him twice in the chest, twice in the throat, and then as he lies on the floor, they shoot him once in the back of the head. Holy crap. It's got to be scary. You're just it's like, got to be scary. Hey, I, I'm a mob boss, but I also work at a flower shop. Hey, what's up? Dude. The minute you can just, I, I kind of picture beauty and death. It's like when you shake a hand, and you're like, you know, handshake takes like what two seconds? Like, hey, I, yeah, I just picture no, this that moment. That story is great. I, yeah. I did hear about that one. I just picture in this moment, the minute, because like like James, like James was saying, a handshake is just kind of like a oh, mm-hmm, and then you're done. I can just imagine when that handshake lasts a little bit longer, and you just feel that grip tighten. O'Banion had to be, like, the minute that happened, his mind immediately flashed to, I'm a dead man. Yeah. You just, like, that's that's the kind of movie picture that I painted mm-hmm. in that. The two guys come around him and just shoot him down in classic gangster style. Oh, man, that had to be crazy. Yeah, in the middle of a flower shop. And I guess that also would be a movie scene, you know? He's yeah. surrounded by, like, roses and I know, believe, whatever. I believe that. The story I told happened way after this story. Okay. I believe that Al Capone used that as inspiration for when he unloaded. Okay. And that actually then might fall into, that might actually fall with him being a mob boss at that time then, because it's not long after this. And it's actually these events that lead to him becoming the mob boss. That sounds exactly right. Okay. So that's, that's good to uh, tie this in. Sorry for anyone trying to follow a actual narrative timeline. We do our best, but sometimes it just doesn't always line up perfectly. Working 40-hour weeks plus an extra 20-hour weeks on side projects, and then yeah. as much as we can for research. Exactly. We try to put out the best content, but you know, sometimes we, even us, the perfect, uh, this the podcast The most amazing podcast. Yes, even we slip up sometimes. Primarily me, Silas. Fun fact about this event, though. O'Banion's funeral ends up being larger than the man who uh, Yale was actually getting flowers for, even though really that I can't I wish I'd written his name down. But that mob leader gangster was uh, had a smaller funeral than O'Banion. He ends up having a massive funeral, but isn't allowed to have it inside of a Catholic church because of his gang affiliates. They decide you're not allowed to have a Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So but that was just a fun fact. Now. Good for them. Exactly. Standing up for what they believe, what they think is wrong. It, what, well, what is wrong? Yeah, what is exactly wrong. Usually very gruesome criminal acts. Those are typically pretty bad, yeah. Leadership yeah. leadership of the Northside gang ends up falling to a man named Jaime Wise. And this also ties in later. He had a good relationship with mob bosses, mob bosses Vincent Ducci and Bugs Moran. Because of the brutal murder of O'Banion, Wise and the Northside gang were set on revenge against Torrio and the other associates that were part of that hit. Flash forward a few months to January of 1925. I believe that's only three months flash forwarded. Torrio was ambushed and shot while on a shopping trip. Although he actually 
did survive that and made a full recovery, he decided that that was the time to toss in the hat and and resign as a mob boss. The leadership of his gang fell to Al Capone. Alfonso. Alfonso. So at the age of 26, Alphonse Capone took control of an illegal brewery and transportation network that reached all the way into Canada. And that No one cares about that because they're just like, oh yeah, everything's free in love, also free healthcare. And we ride moose. That doesn't make any sense. Also, we put syrup on all our cocaine. <laughs> it makes it sweeter. But that is where we are going to end part one of our gangster series on Al Capone. Alfonso. We'll see you next episode for more on the story of Al Capone as a mob boss leader and also his eventual downfall into mental breakdown, really. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Google Play. If you have any questions or if you want to be on the podcast or have a topic that you want us to cover, email us at thispodcastislava at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Reach out and love us. Give us some love. If you want to find out what's going on through the week or what we're covering, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. As I said before, uh, we post several times a week on what we're covering and different things, just updates about that. You can also just message us to let us know that Sam's cute. That is also a thing. Also, Sam is the one with red hair. Uh, This week, I'm wearing a yellow hat. Sam's the one with red hair this week. <laughs> Just this Next week. week, Silas will be the one with red hair, and I'll be the one with a cool beard. Well, people often ask yep. me, like, who are you in this podcast? I'm like, I'm me. <laughs> I'm the guy that doesn't talk much, but you talk Pretty more much. than me this, this podcast. It was weird. Thank you again to Custom Edge Tech Solutions for sponsoring this episode of This Podcast is Lava. We hope that it met your standards and that you'll give us another sponsor. because. And a free iPhone. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a wonderful morning, evening, or noon. Or car ride. Or car ride. Or if you're sitting in a dingy office where there's just pearlescent bulbs and you're wondering if you're going to just jump out that window today. Just take your office chair, smash through the window, and jump because there's nothing to live for. If because that's the you case, hate they your should job. not be listening to this podcast because they will probably jump. Instead, you go and look at that too. big, uh, in the, those posters that the say big like. The poster with su- the kitten hanging on just. And it says it's- success. Yep. Motivation. Those motivational posters, look at that. Go look Take at that. A Do big not riff. look at the actual just anti-motivation. Here, here, Take a bunch here, of drugs here, here. and then enjoy the trip. It. I got it. I'll see just you next think, fall. Just think of Morgan Freeman saying, hang in there.